Welcome to the Made Possible by Podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Good Table Talk. This is in our family of series of conversations around good. We at Made Possible by love to bring people together to talk about the good that they're doing in their community. And by the way, I'm Tracy Zerdin. I always forget to introduce myself. It doesn't really matter. You're here to hear from other people. So anyhow, I always forget that part. But welcome to Good Table Talk. We are um, doing something unique today. I'm excited about this. We are meeting with some people who work with local churches and talking about how the church um, is connecting with their communities outside their four walls. Um, I'm interested to hear how these different uh, churches do this, different pastors, different people that work in the church uh, are working to help their communities. So I'm going to jump in. We're going to introduce everybody. Um, Trey, you're in my top left corner, so let's start with you. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Trey Clark, and I am the community and education's pastor here at uh, Britain Christian Church, Oklahoma City. Um, I've been on staff there for uh, eight years, almost nine years. Uh, my wife and I, I actually followed my wife to the church. So it's been about 11 years that we've been there. Uh, she's been there for 12. And I'm just excited to be here and to, uh, to share with you guys and to learn and grow from the rest of the contributors. Awesome. Now you have a COVID pet, right? Yeah, you can call him that. Yeah, we got a puppy. He's uh, four months old. Um, and so today I'm dog sitting, I'm parenting, and I'm babysitting. So five kids and a puppy. Oh, you're a brave, brave man. I know. A brave man. That's awesome. Um, Pastor Doug Servin. Do you go by Pastor? You probably don't go by that, do you? What do you go by? I get called that often, yes. Okay. Tell us about you and tell us the one thing that you've started doing COVID. Sorry, Trey. I, I, I just threw out the dog there for you. So, Doug, tell us about you and the one thing that you started this summer. Maybe it's a COVID thing. Maybe it's not or something new that you've done. Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Doug Servin. I am a pastor down here in Midtown, downtown Oklahoma City, at City Presbyterian Church. We started in 2011, so um, been going for a little bit, have planted a few other churches out of ours, started some things. I've got a wife and four kids that are mostly grown. My youngest child graduates from high school today. Wow. Theoretically, uh, we'll see. Um, so they're all doing fine. COVID, let's see, I started a podcast about our denomination. I took driving trips up and down Route 66. So I've just been figuring out stuff to do. Well, I, I think you did something very exciting because you jumped out of an airplane. That's true. My daughter, this was her last year at home. She's going to go to college. So we were doing day trips on Saturdays. Went up to the Great Salt Plains, went to the Blue Whale in Catoosa, and one of the trips was skydiving in, I think, Coweta? I don't remember where it was, but that was fun. Okay. Well, you're braver than I am. I have zero want to on that. Zero, zero want to. I'm not doing that. We should make a pact to go together. No, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll float the river. I'll do all sorts of other things, but um, no, no, that that's my son. Call my son. He'll go with you. He'll be perfectly fine with that. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right, Miss Donna, tell us about you. Well, I am Donna Campbell-Eyes, and I get the privilege of teaching uh, pre-K at a private Christian school here in Edmond. And I also work for, uh, do the administration for North Church Guthrie. And something that COVID has definitely changed my life. It wasn't this summer, but I had to start teaching in March on uh, line. So that was very interesting and a first for me. But I enjoyed it, teaching the little ones online. So that has definitely challenged me in some areas. Yeah. And also doing so many Zoom meetings <laughs> online has definitely been a new for me. Yes, but, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you for being a teacher. I have no idea what this next year is going to look like for you, but thank you. Every time I hear about the new things that are coming down that they're trying to do to make the school safe, I just think right. teachers yeah. are so brave right now. So thank you. Yeah. And Hetty yeah. also told me to ask you when you started driving, Miss Donna. When I started driving? Yes. What does that mean? I started driving. I don't remember when I started when, driving. When did she get her license? When did she get her license? I was a late I was late getting my license. That would be true. I was very <laughs> What were you, thirty seven? I would not say that old. I was probably closer to like twenty four, twenty five before I Really? Yes. I, I He's right about that. I, I was a late bloomer with the license thing. Wow. Her and mom, I was in Guthrie. And I was in Guthrie, so. Her, her mom never got her license, so she thought she was going to be like her mom, but only <laughs> only a few people can do that. Wow. You got to be real special to never have a driver's license. Well, True. For those of you who don't know, Donna is Hetty's aunt, so there there's a family thing going on here, so we might get some interesting stories going on. <laughs> Okay, so Hattie, in case there's four people in the universe who don't know who you are, why don't you go ahead and tell those four people who you are? Uh, I'm Hattie Coleman. I get the great opportunity to do a few different things, but I guess the one that I highlight is that we get to help uh, partner with people so they can uh, share the good that they're doing in their communities through Made Possible Live because I believe that it's inspirational. Uh, when we share that good and then also it helps connect us and build greater communities. Absolutely. Thank you. I thank you. Yeah, we say that sharing your good isn't about bragging. It's about inspiration, right? We want to inspire others to do good. All right, we're just going to jump right in. Doug, you've got the first question. So when you hear the phrase corporate social responsibility, it's a lot of big words right there. What does that mean to you? And how does that apply to being a part of a church? What does that look like? Good question. I'm so glad I get to go first. <laughs> um, well, I would interpret that to mean that we are Christians individually connected to God through faith, through justification by faith alone in Christ alone. And then we are uh, put into the family of God we are adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God, and we are supposedly connected to the church of God, which transcends time and culture, but is also localized in a particular place with people. 
And our mission is to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. And so we are connected into all of that in a neighborhood. And so our social responsibility is to do good for the glory of God and the welfare of others as good neighbors, doing good works um, for the kingdom of God which is a little different concept. They're overlapping Venn diagram circles. And so um, we give ministry away. We give resources away. We bless those that are connected to us in different ways than just by faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're trying, I would say this, and then I'll be quiet. There's a certain level of where God talks about, and this is connected to the kingdom of God, the shalom of the world and of the earth. And that word shalom is peace. We say a peace, but it's also just flourishing, general flourishing. Mm -hmm. And so we don't only care about the spiritual welfare of people. We certainly do care about that. But we also care as people, as Christians, about other people creating the image of God, about reading, about roads about schools about grocery stores about health and and i just want to say after i say all that we haven't always done a good job uh that's not been the high point of how we've been acting for social good but it certainly is in there so there's a certain i would say level of repentance maybe even more for the white church to own but, but that is a massive part of our calling that we cannot divorce from being Christians. Mm-hmm. It's not like a side project. It's, yeah. it's in, interwoven into the very nature of what, who we are and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, I, I really appreciate that. And you saying that we haven't always done a great job. The Big C Church, you're not ta- when you say we, you're not talking City Prez. You're talking Big C Church, the whole, all of us together. Haven't always done a great job. We've killed it all along the way at City Press. <laughs> no, that's not true. We also don't always do a good job either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, people outside the church would definitely say that the Big C Church doesn't always have a great reputation for caring about anything other than evangelizing. So, and that's part of our reason is to share these great stories because we want to show what people are doing. So, thank you. I appreciate that. That was a good definition, by the way. So this next question is for all of you. So, and I'm gonna, as I ask this question, I'm gonna kind of highlight some of the things that your churches are doing in the community and you can touch on them in whichever way that you want. So the question is, what does corporate social responsibility look like in your church? Um, What do you do? What are the projects that you do? Uh, Donna, I'm gonna start with you at North Church. So you all kind of break it down a little bit. You have like your community impact section where you do Red Brick Nights, which is a monthly summer festival where you all host the children's section. You do face painting and all sorts of different things. Um, You do community block parties. Um, You also help the uh, nonprofits and businesses and nonprofits with the educational workforce committee through the chamber. But not only that, you all financially support the Guthrie Chamber of Commerce in a big way. And that is something that people probably don't think that most churches 
you know, would be a part of that. But in supporting businesses, you're supporting people, right? Right. So that's, I love that. And then you, North does a lot at the schools with the YMCA. Um, you work with the junior high mentoring program with We Shake Hands. Um, and tell us a little bit about the ACE Hardware Partnership. Okay, I'll let Greg chime in on that. But one other thing I wanted to talk about was Love OKC. Oh, that yeah. is like one of the biggest things when I think about, you know, <laughs> community because it reaches all the surrounding areas and they are welcome to come there and get food, get help with whatever they need, dental work, haircuts, you know, whatever they need. And that has been something that has really impacted me because I think a lot of people don't realize how much the church really does. And that's something that is offered and it's for free. Mm -hmm. All of this is for free. So that's just something that I wanted to chime in on because I, uh, that wasn't included in that, but love OKC is a really big thing. Well, thousands of people go through that every year. Right? Yes. The yeah. first year that I, the first year I helped, we had 10,000 people there that we helped. Yeah. So that was like, and I think the last one we did was almost 8,000. So it's really made an impact in the community all around the surrounding yes. community. I love the story. Of, well, I, I, we hear this every time that we do family pictures there, that North takes pictures of family. Yes. And yes. a lot of those, they never have had one before. And how cool is that? And they cry I when know. they see their pictures. That's, just, that's a blessing to see them like actually crying yes. when they see their family pictures. So it's, it's a blessing to bless others. So. Yes, absolutely. Hattie, you want to talk about the Ace Hardware? Hattie's also part of North Church, so that's why we're calling him in on this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the cool thing about sharing good and the, and the reason what uh, I feel like Made Possible does is important is because when people see you doing good, that inspiration uh, is something that kind of drives them forward. I think about what the Bible says in Hebrews 10.24 to encourage us to do good and to love. Mm -hmm. And when we share that story of doing good, as Doug said, for the glorification of God, at the end of the day, when someone asks us, why do we do it? We point back to him. But uh, because we do share the good that we do, we share that story, not in the sense of bragging, but to inspire. Uh, Ace Hardware, the owner of Ace Hardware, reached out to me, and he wanted to do something good in the community. And he thought of us and said, hey, I see the fun stuff that you all do and how you all interact with the community. What does it look like to partner and you take, we'll donate so many dollars. Uh, and the specific thing that he wanted to do was celebrate uh, the seniors who were graduating in Guthrie because there had not been this opportunity to do a traditional graduation and things like that. And because of COVID, the dates kept moving out. And so uh, we were able to give a meal to every senior in their family at uh, the local Sonic here. So there was a partnership between a couple of businesses and the church in order to impact or give back or celebrate uh, students who were graduating in our community. And that was like some of the, that's one of the coolest things that I think I've done in the sense of like, I never would have thought of that. And, uh, but because this guy sees us doing uh, some cool stuff in the community, he reached out to us, he had this idea and we thought, we thought through it and, and came up with that. And so originally we were going to do a food truck and bring that food truck up next to a snow cone place here in Guthrie. But because of COVID, we wanted to make sure that people, and this is when it was a little bit more intense uh, as far as what the mandates were and things of that nature. So we did that where people just pulled up at Sonic and got a free meal 
uh, with their family. So it's things like that that we want to be able to be a part of as a local church outside of the four walls uh, because I think then people begin to see us in a little bit different light and then they get these com- then we get conversations like while we do it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to give a shout out to Mr. Bill Van Zant at Guthrie's Ace Hardware in uh, Oklahoma Home Center. Thank you, Bill. You probably don't really want people to know that you did that, but there you go. It's out there. Miss Donna, what else do you want to uh, focus on that you that North does? Well, um, just like I'll say about the COVID relief that we did mm-hmm. <laughs> with helping people, and they didn't have to even be a member of, you know, attend North. Mm-hmm. So that was something that we opened up to the community, whatever they needed. And we just helped a couple the other day, you know, that is still, you know, having uh, some problems due to the COVID. So we have just done um, so many different things. And I know one thing I really like because I am a teacher. I like it when we celebrate the teachers mm-hmm. because teachers, you know, we spend so much of our time at the school doing so much for children. So that's one of the things that I most definitely, whenever I can, I like to come up there uh, to go there and celebrate the teachers because that's a very big place in my heart that I like to do. Mm -hmm. But I would say the COVID relief right now is something that we are really focusing on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we keep saying that, you know, on our online to reach out to us if you need help to reach out and we are there for you to help. So great. Thank you so much. Trey, I'm going to bounce up to you. Uh, some of the projects that Britain um, Church does, you have a tennis academy, and we might need to send Hetty to your tennis academy because, you know, he, lo- he loves tennis. Um, you have after-school tutoring, um, summer tutoring, ACT prep. That's really cool. ACT prep, mentoring programs, King's Clinic. We need to hear more about that for sure. Um, you partner with Britain Elementary School. You have the traditional Bible study classes, a racial re- reconciliation dis- discussion groups, um, different kids to mission trips. You have a benevolence program. You've got a lot going on. Tell us about it. Yeah, we uh, we do have a lot going on. Um, Petty, I think you could get in on our beginners. <laughs> we, we may have a spot for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the the tennis team um it kind of it grew kind of organically actually um our senior pastor mike hayes his his daughter played tennis in school in high school well she actually played i think before high school but uh, while she was in high school she was asked by uh, one of our elders if she wouldn't mind spending a few moments with a kid or two, just teaching them how to hit and, you know, just kind of messing around. So she did that. And then uh, it grew. And I mean, it grew exponentially. We had uh, Brad Lund, Rob Braver, Jessica Reineke, Steve Porter. These people really make the Tennis Academy run. And so it started out with just kids from the church and then we started a uh, a Sunday program so twice a month anybody can come and um, we go we were going to the um, Oklahoma Tennis Center to play there 
So we would load up the vans. We would have two vans. Uh, now we have three, but at the time we only had two. We would load up the vans, take the kids to the tennis academy, uh, the tennis center, let them mess around for about an hour and a half with some real coaches. I mean, serious coaches, uh, people played uh, at OU and played in, in like professional tournaments and all of these uh, big events. And then it grew to the point that we had to do a summer uh, camp where we'd have about anywhere from 60 to 80 kids show up at Heritage Hall. Uh, they got uniforms. It was like a $10 charge, but they got uniforms. They got food every day. This was like a four-day event. Wow. But they there all day. Um, and from that, uh, we started uh, official teams. So USTA, uh, the junior teams, we have several kids who play on our teams. Um, and now we have, we have four tennis uh, courts. We have three outdoor and one in the gym. And so we get to have the kids come over to the church and play instead of going to the tennis center or wherever else. So it's been really fun to watch that grow and uh, to watch the kids improve. Wow. Uh, so that's that's one one of the many things uh, we do. You know, we we there are three things that they teach is to love God, uh, to make friends, and to play tennis. The, those three things are the focus uh, of tennis academy. I love God, make friends, and play tennis. You do those three things, and you're winning. So that, that's what we like to focus on with the kids. But we do have, um, I don't know, uh, did you have something more specific? You, I think you, you, talk about, you talk about whatever you want. King's Clinic sounds cool to me, but it's your deal, so you go. <laughs> um, so King's Clinic was started several years. I forget when they started, but... And started out of our church, um, an elderly lady who's a nurse uh, started um, tending to the needs of some of the folks in the community. And then uh, a few other people got together with her and her husband, and they started this free clinic. Um, no, no appointments. People show up. They're open twice a month, um, Monday and Tuesday, uh, two times a month. And people show up. They have uh, students from OU who are in like their fourth year of residency who come and serve there. And it, it's incredible. We pray before uh, they ever get tended to medically. We tend to them spiritually and find out what's going on in their lives and in their, their families and uh, just get to know them. We've, we've built some really great relationships with people um, just because, you know, it, it, it tends to be a little bit easier to, to welcome people into the church. This is odd, but when, when we're doing the, these outside things, actually in the church building, mm -hmm. we're a little more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and, they, and they share and they're a little more receptive to, um, to the good that you're doing for them. And so... Uh, we've enjoyed being able to do that and build relationships with our neighbors there. Uh, Mike had the opportunity. He was approached when he came on 30 years ago. He came from Plano, Texas. And somebody asked him why he was 
still there? Why doesn't he just sell that property to another uh, congregation and he should pack his stuff and move to South Beach? He needs to move to South Beach and <laughs> and all that. So Mike, Mike said, and, and this is really how we, um, how we pattern our ministry. Uh, we truly believe everybody who's on staff at the church and the people who come to our church, we believe that God has placed us in that community for a reason. Um, and so we feel no need to leave that community, um, no matter what changes may occur. And we've experienced a lot of changes, uh, but we do believe that God has called us there. So we do the best that we can to really be good neighbors to the people in the community. Um, and for the most part, the things we do, I think to what Donna was saying earlier, um, there's no price tag for these folks. We just serve, you know, and, and you don't have to be a member of the church. Uh, you're in need. Uh, we want to love you the way that Jesus loved people. And if you start to come to our church, then that's all good. But even if not, uh, we're fine with that. We just want to love on people because we know that's what God has called us to do in that community. The church has been there for, oh, well over 100 years in the same neighborhood, same location. So, yeah. And King's Clinic uh, serves those folks. We were there. Now with COVID, they are doing. Um, they're not really taking appointments or, or seeing patients, but they're giving medicine because mm -hmm. limit act, uh, exposure uh, to. So the pastors, we go over and we run medication out to people. That's the, that takes a lot of grace because a lot of those folks show up and they're not they're not uh, happy to be waiting in the sun for their medication. So, uh, but it's it's good. We get to actually meet with folks and talk with them and get involved in their lives, which we all really enjoy doing as a staff. That's great. Thank you, Trey. I appreciate that. I love that you have a tennis academy because that's very unique. But I love how that grew. That's really cool. So, uh, Doug, I want to talk about some of the stuff that. Um, City Prez is doing, and first of all, if you've never been into the City Prez building, you just have to go, and you want to ask Doug to explain the murals that are behind uh, the uh, pulpit. It's really, it's a beautiful building, and the murals just add to it. It's just super cool. So you all have planted churches outside of City Prez. You have Restore OKC. I know that's a big deal that you guys are a part of. Um, you host concerts, debates graduations, co-ops, uh, all sorts of meetings. You just open your building to a lot. Uh, Be Good Neighbors, I, I want to hear about that. City Groups, recon uh, Racial Reconciliation, love that we keep hearing that. Counseling, Seminary, tell us what, what, what do you want to tell us about? What do you want to highlight? I know it's hard. There's so much there. Right. I'll, I'll mention two. The first is you mentioned Restore OKC. And that one I'll mention because you can go online, look up RestoreOKC.org and find out more about it. It's on the northeast side. And it's doing great ministry with tutoring at several elementary schools and um, job creation especially with women and getting them back on their feet so they can have sustainable jobs that uh, so they can take care of their children. 
Um, and then we started a farm, an urban farm in Northeast Oklahoma City with a greenhouse and uh, all the vegetables and koi and tilapia. There's eventually going to be like a, it's the real deal. It's not like a garden, although they have that too. And the kids that go through the program will end up with scholarships at or Langston. And so it's, it's pretty crazy big time. But then the other one I just want to mention is what we've been talking about. This is opening up our space. We have a hundred year old building. It's sitting here in the middle of this neighborhood and we want people to use it. And so I don't know if I should say this out loud, but we don't really have a building use policy. Um, I, I think I've only said no twice. And so it's pretty likely that you could do something here. And just one example would be we started, we had some of our members or attenders or contacts and they were, they were musicians and they were, as Oklahoma city was creeping up in music, they were getting more and more. We were tired of playing in smoky bars at 1 a.m. with no one listening for 50 bucks. And that's just what happens. And so they started asking us if they could have a listening venue and respectfully take the place and do it at 7 o'clock so they can invite their moms and grandmas who've never heard them play before. And everyone sort of comes into the room, pays 10 bucks, whoever, you know, get, they get all the money. And it is amazing, like you were saying, Trey, is that people come into this space and they're like, what the heck? We've never been treated like this before by Christians. Mm -hmm. Which reminds me, the bar is low. Mm -hmm. The bar is low. Mm -hmm. And so all we're doing is opening up the place. And I tell the artists, like, you know, you may not want to play every single song in your list, right? <laughs> And they all walk up to the front. This is almost every single time. And they will stand up there and they will say, wow, I have not been in a church in a long, long time. This is bringing me back. Mm -hmm. and, and so then I want to pull back and say at City Press, and you guys have some version of this, that we talk about how Jesus, we want Jesus to be believable in doctrine, right? And beautiful. There's something that needs to be compelling. Why, why would people do this? You know, what's going on with this, this, this folk? Mm -hmm. What's going on with this church? And then if ever, maybe 10 years from now or five years from now or whatever, they might go like, I was treated well when I was in there. I might go back in there again for a different reason. And if that happens, the Holy Spirit is at work. And I'm not taking credit for that. But Jesus needs to be believable and beautiful. That's doctrine and ethic together. Same sides, two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. um, and so that beautiful part, I think, hasn't really won the day in a while. So we're just all trying to do that together, I think. That's what you guys are talking about. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Stories of good. No, totally. I, I love that because, I mean... 
if you read the, old, uh, the New Testament, Jesus was out there hanging with people that the church people were like, what are you doing with them? You know? Oh, that reminds me. People <laughs> across the street were super hardcore Christians. And after one of these concerts, they had a meeting with me and they say, why are you letting those people in the church? I thought I maybe stepped back into the Bible mm -hmm. right at that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, are you listening to yourself right now? Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was I was just appalled. Hey, Doug, Doug I, I've seen some of those concerts that have been uh, performed at your place, which is awesome. I think that's so legit. Uh, have you had hip-hop or just has it just been bands? Have you had hip-hop artists as well? We had Adam and Kizzy. You know them? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have anybody. I'm not sure it's the hip-hoppiest place, but... Yeah, that's what I was wondering. That's what I asked. Yeah, I didn't think... I didn't we think spray paint it all down, whatever. You got it. <laughs> yeah, Adam and Kizzy, they're in the league of their own. They don't. They do more than just hip-hop. Those guys... They, they're amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. Doug, thank you for doing that. I mean, that kind of stuff welcoming, embracing people who don't do uh, Christian music into the place uh, is something that is definitely scary, but at the same time, given a great opportunity to love on some folks who may have not stepped into, the, into a church in a, a very long time. And I think that goes back to what y'all were just saying when they challenged Jesus, like, why in the world are you hanging out, Matthew 9, after inviting Matthew, the worst kind of sinner to come along with him, right? And then going to his party, kicking it. I always say that I think people looked in the window and they probably saw the smoke and the drinking and everything else. And Jesus just in there laughing and loving on folks mm -hmm. in a way that they couldn't even imagine doing. Later goes on, walking with his disciples, continues to see people, compassionate, loving folks, and says, you know what? The harvest is plentiful, but we don't have enough people willing to invite people into their home who may not be believers, who may not live like us. But, oh, my goodness, if we can have a few more people willing to do that, the world can be changed for sure. So Amen. Thank you for doing that. Oh, I love it. I, I'm just, I keep hearing that you, at all of these locations, you all are seeing a need and you're meeting it. You know, I mean, having rock concerts, uh, you know, in a church, that's unheard of. A church starting a tennis program, you know, uh, uh, OKC doing the family pictures and haircuts for people. I mean, those are needs. Those are real needs. And the church is taking care of it. I love it. Uh, let's see. Trey. Hey, Tracy. Just, hey, Trey. Hey, Tracy, let me just say to Trey that if y'all ever need somebody to really come teach those kids how to play some <laughs> tennis, man, you got my number, man. Quit playing with me. I will, uh, I'll pass that along to the right people. Oh, yeah. I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote Pastor Doug and say that the bar is low, Hetty. The bar is low. On <laughs> no, he's way better than I could be. So, Trey, talk to me about how, how does your church, and we talked, touched on this a little bit, how do you determine what you're going to be involved with in the community? Because there is no end to what you could do. So how do you all determine? what you're going to do? That's a really good question. And there's not an exact science to it. Um, a lot of the work we do happens on an individual basis. So we build relationships with, with people. And uh, from that, we learn about needs and opportunities. 
And, you know, sometimes we, we have staff meeting every week and um, then we'll check in during the week, about the middle of the week. But Mike, our senior pastor, um, kind of the, the, the second in command, Jesus being the first, but he really kind of gives us a blank check. And he says, hey, this is his, this is his mantra. He says, you can never go wrong by being a blessing. Mm-hmm. So with that in our pocket, if we learn of an opportunity or a need that somebody has, um, we feel that we have the freedom as a staff to do that, to be a blessing to people uh, as we're made aware of their needs. Um, and so again, there's not really an exact science. We will talk about some things, like if, if I have a question about something, um, then I'll bring it up to the staff and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? And most of the time, we don't shoot anything down. We may tweak it, um, take it in a different direction, but um, there's rarely a moment where we shoot any idea down. Um, because again, we're kind of working on an individual basis. I do a lot with uh, kids from Britain Elementary, uh, middle and high school kids as well in our after school ministry and in our summer camp. And so I find out from those kids. Now, the rest of our staff don't really know a lot of these kids that I'm serving and, and then we have the same issue with our youth pastor and our children's minister. Um, we're kind of building relationships and drawing people in from different sides. And I will find out about a need that a child has or a family has. And then I, I have a budget. If it fits within that budget, I'm good. I just bought gifts. I have four seniors who graduated from high school. Um, we have a scholarship program also. So uh, some of these kids get scholarships uh, as they go on to college. If they really have a need for it, then we provide that. They just have to keep a, and the, the bar is low here as well, uh, a 2.5, 2.75 GPA mm-hmm. that be involved in a church uh, it doesn't have to be our church. Uh, they can be involved on campus, uh, volunteer opportunities, and, um, and then they, their grades have to be up, but they stay in touch with us to let us know what's going on. Um, and if, they, if they've come across some issues, uh, maybe we can help a little bit further with. So uh, drawing those people in, we do a lot of mentoring. Um, and that's where we learn about a lot of different needs. Mm-hmm. Doug said also, we partner with Restore OKC to, uh, to tutor and to serve at Britain Elementary. That's one of the schools they, they work at. Uh, the Reggie Smith Foundation, we partner with them as well. And we get to select families uh, who need food. They don't have a, a Thanksgiving meal. So we get to select people who uh, we want to be a blessing to who really need it 
at, at that moment. And so they can feed themselves. And, and I mean, Reggie Smith, they give so much food. They can feed three families on one, one uh, donation. So it's always fun to, to do that. But I guess, again, to answer your question, there's not an exact science. We do talk um, about what's going on. And our congregation uh, has all of our contact information. So they know where we live. They have our cell phone numbers, e emails. And so we're always accessible, except for when I'm not. When I shut, <laughs> when I shut the phone off. Uh, but I, I do check it. So if there's a, a real need, then I'll, I'll go out and tend to those folks. Well, you're allowed to turn your phone off, Trey. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. totally okay. You can do that. That's what I tell them. I'm yeah, like, that's right. That's right. I'm allowed that's to right. turn off my phone. That's right. Well, what I'm hearing from all of you is clearly there's a monetary factor, you know, to helping out in the community. There's always going to be things that cost. But then there's things that don't, like tennis academies or opening up your building, you know, or doing mentoring programs. You know, we really have to think outside the box. And it's really in my opinion, not that hard to find a need that you don't have to spend a dime to do. It just takes some creative thinking. So thank you. I appreciate that, Trey. Um, Miss Donna, so you um, working within a church, how do you communicate the importance, the importance of giving back to the community, to your church? Because, you know, there's always the argument that some say that the church doesn't do anything in my community, but how do you communicate that to the people inside your church the need to do that because you're going to need, you know, some of their dollars, you're going to need their time, their talent to do it. How do you motivate people and how do you get them to help? Well, as believers, we all know that we here on earth are a reflection of Jesus and we all know what he was about. He was about giving. He was about showing love to people. He was about getting them to really know what love is all about. And not being alone, you know. And when I, when I hear you ask that question uh, about giving back outside of the church, if we're not out being loving to people, I was once told, you know, you don't have to even say the word Jesus. But people will be drawn to you mm -hmm. because of your kindness and your love. And they'll want to know, how do you stay so happy? How do you stay so joyful? Eddie's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. But he's rooted and grounded in the word of God. So we have to go out and we have to be a true example of what God was all about. I heard you all talking about, you know, how he was around the people that people, Jesus was around people that <laughs> the other people were saying, why is he around them? I thought about Zacchaeus even, mm -hmm. you know, they were even whispering, saying, why is he going to Zacchaeus' house? Mm -hmm. But Jesus was on a mission. And that's what we are here for. We're all disciples. And we're supposed to be spreading the good news. And most importantly, it's about their souls. Mm -hmm. That's what our main goals as believers. It's about those that we are reaching out to. And we want them to know the love of Jesus. Even if they never attend church. But if they are saved and we know that their souls are good, that's what it's all about. And, you know, like we were talking earlier, um, it's not always about the money and all of that because it's not. We want to be able for them to say, the Christians were the ones there for me. Mm 
They didn't turn me away. It didn't matter what lifestyle I was living. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what I came to them for. They were there for me. And that's what it's all about. Us reaching out and doing the work of the ministry. Being, showing people the love of God. Being kind to people. Mm -hmm. And let them be drawn to us. Mm -hmm. So that we can do what God has put us here on this earth to do. Yes. Amen. So do you think when... Um, cause I know at North they'll show videos of like love OKC and I'm sure uh, Trey and Doug that you, you know, sharing your stories. Do you see that that inspires people to go, Oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to see the joy on their faces. Do you, do you, think, do you agree that that inspires? I would say it does because people will immediately start asking, you know, how can I be a part of that? You know, and especially when we are showing the people giving their testimony, it's like you could just hear the people inside the church, like saying, crying and saying that I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And then it just grows because, you know, volunteering also, you, you're blessed when you volunteer. And I'm not talking about money wise. I know for me personally, when I go out and I'm down there in Love OKC serving those people, I go out of there smiling. It's, it's like, Lord, thank you for allowing me that opportunity. People are an opportunity to be ble a blessing. So I know if I was there and I was in their shoes, that's how I always, in my mind, how would you want people to treat you if you were in their shoes? Mm -hmm. So I know I have to go and do more than what's expected of me. Mm -hmm. When it's coming to God, I want to do my best and love on those people because we never know right. <laughs> when we may be in of yeah. something, you mm -hmm. know, so always think about that, you know, mm -hmm. consider you may be in their shoes one day yeah. or you might've been, I know in my past I needed help, you know, so, and I was reached out to, so I want to also be a blessing to people. That's great. Doug and Trey, do you agree with that? That when you share your stories of good, that you see more people wanting to be a part of it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, people love a good story. It, it's it's why we watch movies. <laughs> Netflix is popping right now. Um, and we love a good story. And so if you can share how the work you are doing is positively impacting people's lives, and, and it's coming from your your own family is being a part of that. You know, I'm talking about your church family. When your family is being a part of the good that's being done, it makes more people want to get involved. I mean, it, it happens here in my house. When my kids find out that my wife and I are doing something for somebody else, they get excited about it. They want to be a part of it, you know, and they look for opportunities to be a blessing to somebody else or to be a blessing to a friend. And so the same thing happens at church. And so we love a good story. The more stories you tell, that's how the gospel spread. People hear the story. Paul talked about this, you know, like, hey, I'm only giving you what I first received. So I'm going to tell you my story. And that inspires other, other folks as well. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I totally agree. That's great. Doug? All right. I'll give a slightly different. Go ahead. My answer is yes and no. <laughs> so yes, I agree with everything you all have said. No, because it freaks people out. 
Well, that can be true too. Uh, we tell we so we say it as in we tell stories of rescue, and we don't tell stories of when we rescued other people, mm-hmm. when we got rescued. And so when you come to church and you see someone talk about how their marriage got rescued, you're not used to that, right? How your relationship with your parents got rescued. And so, you know, we're trying to tell our own how Jesus is involved in rescuing us. And the story isn't always put together. Sometimes we're in the middle of it. Um, sometimes it's racial. Sometimes it's, uh, I, I'm a mom and I didn't want to be a mom, you know, or, uh, my my kids are estranged and I'm trying to work on this. And so I think it's very compelling, but it also can be very disturbing Mm -hmm. if you don't tie it up in a big, huge bow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that, to me, I think eventually I can win people to the day, eventually. But at the very beginning, when you start hearing these unfinished stories of how Jesus is at work in our lives, rescuing us, not just rescued us, but rescuing us, changing our thoughts and opinions about all types of things. and um, So it, it really can be... What in the world have I stepped into? This is a group of crazy people. Uh, no thanks. So there is some peace out moments on that. Um, because I think we're really trying to tell actual real stories. Not just the, we walked in, made things better. We walked out, you should help. That's not I'm saying what you're doing. But that can be a pretty common template. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Jesus' whole message was uh, disruptive, right? I mean, he was rocking the boat on how they had always done things. So it's, it's different. And staying married is different, right? So the, the process there isn't always pretty, and there's not always a bow. And I'll be a testament. I'll give an example. My wife shared about her depression. Mm-hmm. So here's a pastor's wife up there talking about how Jesus is rescuing her from depression. That is not a normal story to hear from a pastor's wife in a church. Mm-hmm. Right? So you just like, you got to like deal with the planet you're on where that happens. And it's, you know, it ends up to be like very memorable and transformative for like, if the pastor's wife can talk about how she's been depressed and go to counseling, Maybe I should go to counseling because it's safe. It's safer to be able to like deal with what Jesus is doing in your life. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of thing I'm talking about. No, I love that. We should be leading the way in breaking down these stigmas, right? And talking about mental health or talking about the criminal um, justice system or whatever it is. You know, I mean, I love that. Uh, Thank you, Doug. I appreciate the different perspective because we are bringing reality sometimes and it's not always pretty. I can, my life is a testament to that. It's not always pretty. And there's not always a bow, right? <laughs> That's why we brought you on here today, Tracy, to talk about your life. Because this is an intervention counseling moment. Oh, go right ahead. We just finally got to it. We got 10 minutes <laughs> left. And so you thought you were the host. But we've all been getting together 
<laughs> do you have like three more hours and then we could, you know, we could get I'll make you an appointment. Okay. Thank you. I'll call you pastor. Thank you. Um, so Doug, while I've got you on your lit up, um, what are the positive and negative ways that churches can tell their stories? So we were kind of leading into that. Um, but I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that your wife sharing her story in depression. I don't think that's a negative story at all. I think that's a great story. No, I, as, as long as we're telling our own stories and we're not grabbing people's stories as commercials. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's, and that's a, it's sometimes hard not to do, but we just we gotta tell our own stories. And then you've got to, I think, train the church to listen well. Mm -hmm. um, appreciate to share and to be vulnerable and that we are in a safe place. But you cannot uh, share the details of somebody else's story that aren't available to you yet. Um, so I just think that's the basic rule. Yeah. Basic rule. And, but I do think you've got to train people to listen. How do you do that? I have, I have children at home. How do I train people to listen? <laughs> do you have answers to that? Me too, Doug. Help. <laughs> mm. Trey has a puppy too. How do you train that one? <laughs> Absolutely. Doug is oh, what he's gotten himself into right now. That's what <laughs> 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 hmm. Um, <laughs> there's no answer. <laughs> well, I, I just think, uh, not also, Jesus at work. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Believe the best about someone else. Remember that it's hard to stand up there and share, it takes a big risk and it takes courage. And if you don't say everything exactly perfect, maybe you're not a public speaker who has done this before. Put yourself in their shoes. That's the type of thing. Give grace. Um, I think a lot of times in church, we want everything to be said exactly right. We're, we're very suspicious or on point and listening. And if anyone says anything wrong, it's all wrong, mm. right? And you know, these aren't publicly trained theologians. Even I disagree with myself. So, you know, cut me some slack. Uh, but for a normal person to get up there and share, I just, the only thing I don't want is it goes too long. Like cut it short. That's the only thing I care about. But I always have the person submit what they're going to say just so they have some calibration of how, what length is. And then I will work sometimes to small degree to make sure, let's make sure this is redemptive in the long run. Mm -hmm. And you're just not up there sharing whatever. You got to like point this back to Jesus and the gospel. Mm -hmm. So it all comes down to mercy and grace, right? I mean, if we're just extending that, and accepting people right where they are. And humility. There you go. There you go. I'm telling you. Who was I listening to? I was listening to somebody recently, and they said that humility is being aware of my need. Toby Mac. I listened to a podcast with Toby Mac, and he said, humility is just being aware of my need. So if you realize that you don't have it all together, then you're going to give mercy and grace to everybody else. 
Yeah. I thought you were going to say Toby Keith. I love this bar. Toby Keith. Now, is he performing at your place next week? Because I'll be there. <laughs> He's invited. Okay. I'll make sure that he knows. I'll, I'll hit him up. Okay. So uh, last question. I want everybody to chime in on this one. Um, what is your opinions on churches sharing their good? Like we said at the beginning, made possible by we love to share stories of good because we don't think it's about bragging. We think it's about inspiring. And I know it's a little bit different for churches because we have the, you know, we don't want your left hand to know what your right hand is doing. But we also want to inspire others. We want to create um, church FOMO, right? We want people to want to be a part of something beyond themselves. So what does that look like? Donna, you want to start? Sure. When you, when I'm hearing you say that, I immediately thought about coming back from the COVID um, when we were trying to get people um, to come and we had the food truck out in front of the depot out there where we were. And even when we went and started doing it outside in the parking lot, Hattie was constantly on social media telling people, come, even if you don't come from the service, we have food trucks here. We just want to feed you. We just want to love you, you know, and that's what it's all about sharing our good. If we, if God's given us the funds to do that, mm -hmm. those funds are for that purpose. So that's what I thought about when you said that is share your good. And I know another thing I wanted to say was like, I attended school of ministry at North for three years. And that was not just for North church people. It is a cost, but that was for anybody who wanted to come. You know, so that was something else that really stood out with me um, when you were, you know, sharing your good. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of things that we do that it's not just for North Church people. We want to share the good. We want, it's all about sharing Jesus. So that's what I thought about getting those people. Like even when we, the last, not this last Sunday, but before last, we had the food truck out. And he was still doing it, you know, just love on the people in our groups that we do on Wednesdays mm -hmm. at the school. We feed people. They don't have to be a part of North. They don't have to even stay for the groups, but we just want them to come fellowship with people, not do life alone. And a lot of times people will open up, you know, because I know I have testimonies and that's the name of my group. Hope tells testimonies of answer prayer because there's a lot of hurting people out there and I can share my story and be a blessing. And it's just an awesome time that we have their own Wednesday nights. We have the G3 where they can come eat food, fellowship with people. So that's, that's my thing on sharing good. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Trey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's always good to share the good you're doing, especially now. I think going back to what Doug said, um, at the about the bar being set low and uh, just people's opinions and views of the church. Um, I think we do need to uh, do a better job of letting our light shine that God may get the glory. Right? Now, you know, this is where the negative side comes out. You know, or we know, if we're doing it for God's glory or for our own. Yeah. We know. <laughs> and so we just need to check that at the door. And if it's about me, then I need, I need to humble myself. 
ask for the Holy Spirit to empower me to let go of that stuff and to focus on him, or I need to just shut it all the way down. I, I don't need to do it at that point, right? So you can, you can share your good negatively when you're making it all about you, mm-hmm. not about God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, not just churches, but people in general do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if I can keep it on God, I don't need to be praised. I don't need, I don't need nothing. As long as I'm pointing people to Jesus, that is the win for me. And so my whole thing is um, to be, uh, I've been reconciled and I know that God has reconciled me to be a reconciler. And so I focus on reconciling with other people, uh, leading them into a reconciliation with God. That's always at the end of the day, if I'm not, if my efforts aren't leading to that end, then I don't really need to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that perspective. It's not about me, right? It's not about me. I love that. Reverend Servin, what you got? I'm glad you asked me, and then Hetty can get the last word in. Um, <laughs> I'm not asking him. I'm not asking him. I'm asking Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I'm saying he can go after me. <laughs> My little bit of contrariness again comes up because we talk about share your poverty because God is a multiplying God. And so like, I think we just have to be sort of careful. I know this isn't really what you're asking, but we just got to be careful that we don't wait to what we got is good to share it. We sort of got to share what we got and say, I got these five loaves and these two fish it's sort of embarrassing that I got this. Nobody else got anything, but like, really? And so Jesus multiplies the pitiful nothingness and feeds, I mean, 5,000 men. So I don't know, 15,000, 20,000 people. And, and then he, of course, gets the glory. So we share that story of how Jesus multiplies the pittance that we bring to him. So we don't want to not share that story, but we just got to also be careful. We don't wait to say, well, yeah, we finally got to the thing that I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I waited around until we got to that thing. I just think that sometimes we got to remember we're not all professionals at whatever we're doing. We're volunteer givers to Jesus to multiply it. So, and then we share those stories. Um, and that, I think, becomes very persuasive and important. I love that because, again, it goes back to it's not about me, right? And we're all broken and we have small things to offer. Like even Hetty can go do a little bit of tennis with the tennis people. You know, he may not be the professional. We're going to put him on the orange balls. <laughs> the, the really big ones? The really big ones? No, no. I love that. Doug, you're not contrary at all. I appreciate that because you're right. We're messy. We're all in process and we can't wait until we've got it all together to offer something. And sometimes I, I, you, when you offer your brokenness, I think that can even inspire more, you know, because I don't have it all together. I'm never going to have it all together, but I still want to love you. So let's be broken together. 
right? All right, I, I'll, I'll throw it to Hetty. We'll throw him a bone. What you got? Oh, uh, did Dominic? I don't have to go. That's but good. since you asked, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say, I think Doug, all the answers are correct. That's what I was going to say. Hey, I think the Bible's full of stories of just that good. Like the stories that, that are shared about Jesus is him doing, doing, uh, doing good and, and, and doing miracles and things of that nature. And, you know, uh, in that, his, his fame grew. Like, he, he became more known and known with each miracle, which each story told. Uh, but I think the greatest stories is just what Doug said, is that that story where it's just not quite finished, and you share that story of not quite getting over the hump just yet. But then once you do get over the hump, that's okay, too, to share that story as well. But you got to give that hump story. You got to give that Wednesday story where – you're not quite done with the week, but you're going to get there, you know. And uh, those are the stories that really push people out of poverty to be able to say, you know what, if, he's, if he can do it, if he's there on Wednesday, he's still breathing, he still has all his limbs, you know, I can do it too. I can jump out there in the middle of the week and do some great stuff as well because uh, that's the kind of stories I love to hear. I don't love – like nobody wants to hear about Bill Gates' kids. Like nobody's telling that story. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is, okay, like, yeah, you've been rich all your life, man. You know, and that, but kudos to them too. But no, the story is the one about that person who moved over to America, didn't have everything, worked hard to get to where they were, finally was able to bless their families. You know, and that's the same way I hope that as a church, as we go out in these communities, we tell the story of broken people people serving broken people because that's all it is it's Eddie who is broken gets to serve Trey who's a broken who gets to serve Doug who's broken who gets to serve Donald who is broken and that that's what it is sometimes when it comes off based on how you communicate Christianity to people as though perfect people are serving broken people but really it's broken people serving broken people that's each right. and every day right. you know and uh, as we continue to tell those stories I think it's just more insp inspiration. And uh, we got to do that because we want Jesus to grow and uh, his fame to get even more and more out there. And I think that's through saying, hey, I identify with you. I look in the mirror just like you every day and I'm broken, but I want to serve you some Cheerios because you're hungry, you know. <laughs> Cheerios, they've got a lot of nutrition, right? A lot of nutrition in the Cheerios. You know, get well, we don't be serving nutritional stuff. Oh, my God. Eddie, don't we doubt, doubt, doubt. <laughs> We do this thing every year in Guthrie where we um, love on our um, support staff at the schools and we, we fill one of our trolleys full of snacks and the support, we drive around to every school and the support staff, the secretaries and the lunch ladies and the bus drivers come out. They get to go through the bus and get all these snacks and every year I bring fruit and Hetty yells at me every year for bringing fruit. And that fruit is still on the trolley at the end of the day. That's all right, Tracy. You keep doing your good. Thank you. 
Thank you. <laughs> and I would keep bringing donuts because they're all gone at the end of the day. Because you <laughs> ate them all. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to give each of you all a little 30-second um, inspirational statement, uh, call to action, uh, shout out, whatever you feel like you want to say. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Trey, let's start with you. Yeah, I'll just um, piggyback off of what Doug and Hetty were saying just a second ago. Because as you look through the Bible, that is what you see. Um, it's those, those broken people uh, that God redeemed. And if we didn't have those stories, I don't think we could really relate to the Bible. I, 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 don't. I have a story of my own, and I, in my Sunday school class, I, they're probably tired of this, but I'm, I've learned the most lessons from my own brokenness, watching God come through in my life. And so I share my stories as an example uh, for my class or, or for people I'm mentoring as well. Um, that's not always easy, um, but something uh, Henry Nowen um, said, he has a book, Reaching Out, or Reach Out is the title of the book, and he talks about hospitality and that hospitality is not uh, to change people, but it's to create a space where people can come in the way they are and change can happen. I don't need to change you. I need to create the space that you can come in broken, whole, whatever your situation. And by creating that space, which is really a spiritual space where the spirit of God is at work, I, I create this environment that you come into and God does the redeeming work in your life. Whatever needs to be tended to in your life, uh, God does it. And so I create that space through uh, prayer, fasting, loving on people, giving, uh, doing all sorts of good, uh, and not being ashamed to share the gospel with folks as well. And then I watch the Holy Spirit just do what he does very well, um, and, and that's uh, meet people at their need and, and enhance their lives. So um, share your stories. Uh, the stories of brokenness and the stories of redemption. Awesome. Thank you. Miss Donna? Well, I really enjoy getting on here today, um, just listening to everyone because uh, what it's all about is, is not about us. It's about, you know, sharing that love and being the reflection of Jesus. And it's just been a blessing. I've, I'm excited I got on here. And thank you, Tracy for inviting me on because um we're all we all may think differently but we all just listening to everybody have a heart to help people mm -hmm. and a heart to love people mm -hmm. and a heart to be an inspiration mm -hmm. to people and that's what it's all about so i have enjoyed this and um, i'm looking forward to continuing to be a blessing and and making jesus famous so thank, thank you for you do a great job as that miss donna you do a great job reverend that's you, Reverend Sermon. Oh, okay. Which ones? <laughs> we don't All right. have uh, well, I, appreci Reverend. I appreciate getting to be the token 
Presbyterian on this podcast webinar. <laughs> There's got to be one. Doug. Yeah, so I'm contractually <laughs> obligated to say the Westminster Shorter Catechism question was the chief end of man, and the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I think that's actually true. So I just want to say, as we're doing all this, we're glorifying God and enjoying Him because God's at work and He loves His church. And uh, you know, this is sort of a scary time, but we're going to be fine. We're going to make it, and things are going to happen coming coming out of this that we're going to be talking about for a long time. So we can. I've been working on trying to notice more the good the the bad and scary and terrible seems very obvious so i have to work on what i don't want to be a pollyanna you know silver lining in every single thing but i just have to work on the good parts of the sovereignty of god in this moment in this time because God is still on the throne and he loves his church. Mm -hmm. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Patty, were you on the talk? No, 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 no. Go win. Well, you're not muted, so I was just checking. To make sure you don't have to be muted, I'm just telling you. <laughs> so um, I want to write tell you a couple of things that I jotted down that through doing good, all you all are doing is seeing a need and meeting it, right? We're just seeing a need and choosing to meet that need. Um, and the fact that people um, that Doug was saying that they come into your church for a different event and saying that we've never been treated this good by Christians before, that the bar is low, right? The bar is low. So we're going to start working on raising that bar, right? Raising it up. So churches, other people that are listening to this webinar, this group of people has given you a lot of great ideas on busting out of that box and what it looks like to connect your community, not just, um, you know, paying someone's rent, which is great, but there's way other, way more ways that you can do that. Um, I want to close out with what uh, Trey said that Pastor Mike from Britain Christian says. It says you can never go wrong by being a blessing. I love that. You can never go wrong by being a blessing. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, panelists, for joining us. Thank you for watching today on our conversations around good, our good table talk. Um, we love to bring people together and share their stories of good. We do this once a month. You can go to madepossibleby.us and hear a lot more of other good stories. And maybe you can click the button and uh, join us to be a panelist sometime. We would love to hear your story. So go out there, keep doing good. Remember, sharing your good is not about bragging, it's about inspiring others. Thanks. Thank you for listening in on another conversation around good. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so we can continue to provide you conversations that are inspirational. The businesses we serve love to give back to their communities with their time, product, and cash. And this is so rewarding for them, but it's not easy. Go to madepossibleby.us to see how we do it.